0: What you missed on weekend mornings with Jason Dacey. Thank you for staying with us here on Money FM. Stay ahead. Time for our international news review. And in the company of a semi regular guest here on Money FM weekend mornings, Glenn Van Zeffen, former CNN. Anchor and a man that runs the
1: Van Media Group here in Singapore. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Good yeah. morning, everybody out there in Radio Land.
0: Yeah. Wow. What a what an overnight it's been, though, hasn't it? We're going to talk about uh, your president, uh, U.S. President Donald <laughs> Trump. You're originally from the Chicago area in the States. You've been in Singapore a long time, but tweeting overnight about this uh, alleged recording with his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, about uh, a woman with whom he's allegedly had an affair with. Can you bring us up to date? Because this could have ramifications in many different levels, including the Russia probe.
1: Well, there is a lot happening, as always, uh, with the, the U.S. president, not necessarily my president. Um, <laughs> uh, let's just clarify that right now. But uh, it, it is an interesting case. Yet again, there's a, a new twist. Um, the, uh, the former lawyer, uh, Michael Cohen of the president uh, it has been released now. Uh, he says he has a tape in which uh, the president two months before the election, September of 2016 – uh, he and he and the, and the now president had a discussion about paying um, the the former Playboy model to uh, to be quiet about the alleged affair. That and this
0: is had not had. Stormy Daniels. This is Karen McDougal. This, <laughs> this is Karen another McDoug- woman. I, <laughs> I think allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to have happened in the same year, two thousand and six. So these both these women alleged to have had uh, you know intimate relations with um, Donald Trump, who was of course a private citizen back then. But there is a a bit of a a difficult area for him because of the, I guess, strict rules around election spending.
1: Yes. Now, aside from whatever moral take you would Mm. have on all of this, the the problem that could be legally difficult for the president is if any of this – um, if any of the money came from his campaign, uh, then there there are rules in the U.S. about what you can use campaign money for, and uh, and if it was used in this particular case, there is a, a strong legal argument to be made that that was an illegal use of campaign funds. Right. So
0: this is a very tricky area, and he's been vocal on Twitter talking about it being uh, what he's saying it's not the right thing to do, and that he's done nothing wrong. Uh, So read into some of these tweets. What's he he saying? What's the the backstory?
1: Yeah, and one one of the tweets that's that's come out is uh, it was illegal. If, in fact, this tape exists, which he doesn't think it does, it would be illegal for somebody to tape that conversation. And uh, the the law in New York State, um, from my understanding is – and I'm not a lawyer but from what I've read – is fairly clear that as long as one of the parties involved in a conversation consents to it being recorded, then it is not illegal. Mm -hmm. So in this case, obviously – the lawyer, Michael Cohen, consented to record because he recorded it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that would not be illegal. But the, it seems the president is, is being uh, – trying to put that idea out there that this tape is not is not uh, usable if in fact it is, it is out there.
0: Right. And uh, Michael Cohen was the man that uh, said he'd take a bullet for the president um, not so long ago. But – What's the latest with him? Is is it a like he, he hasn't been arrested, has he? But there was a raid by the FBI. They came and took a lot of uh, recordings and you know documents and all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, he has not been charged, um, but the federal prosecutors in New York are investigating him uh, because of possible bank and tax fraud um, in relation to um, the campaign, potential campaign violations, etc. So he's he's in a very difficult position. Obviously, the U.S. government uh, uh, agents in charge of this um, the Particular investigation want to make him nervous enough that he will give any information that he might have that would uh, help in their ongoing investigation against the president or anyone else involved. Do you think he's going to flip? Has he flipped? What's what's the latest? Do you think? I think it's pretty clear he's already flipped to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the fact that if he has this tape and he's given it, uh, or federal cr- prosecutors seized it from his um, uh, from his office mm. in, in a raid that they did, that you know he really doesn't have much of a choice. Uh, there's been talk about you know the president might pardon various people and all that sort of thing. But um, at this point, I think he, he needs to uh, do what he needs to do to save himself, right?
0: Right, yeah. yeah. And this is all part of the greater probe that Robert Mueller, the um, investigator, has been doing. Uh, it's quite broad, isn't it? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely, and it is. And you know, we should absolutely mention that the White House and the president have denied any wrongdoing mm. in any of these cases. Yeah. Uh, so, will and, and Rudy Giuliani, who's now one of the on the president's uh, law team, um, uh, the former mayor of, of uh, New York, of course, mm. uh, has of course said that you know nothing's nothing's wrong here. Right. It's a witch hunt. I think is the phrase <laughs> we keep hearing over so and over There's no again.
0: collusion. There's no obstruction. It's a witch hunt. We've heard that probably ten thousand times. Maybe more. <laughs> maybe, maybe more. Maybe more. <laughs> but we are, look what a, what a week it's been, Glenn. You know, we look back. Uh, on what happened and Helsinki was last Monday but that seems a lifetime ago we saw a major fallout Um, it seemed that Donald Trump was siding with Vladimir Putin over his own intelligence um, authorities and they've kind of tried to scale that back during the week haven't they they've tried to like step it back coming to talk about his language and, and what he really meant and
1: yeah it's you know it's funny because working with a lot of executives on communication mm. as I do this is a, a really interesting case of how you come back and try to pull back something that you said you, you clearly said mm. to say that you meant something else and maybe about 30 40 years ago you could get away with that <laughs> but these days with the you know you, the ubiquity of, of digital media and social media especially you know once those clips and those videos especially in this case it was a video are press conference Mm. where he uttered the words, the would or the wouldn't. um, Double negative or whatever. (laughs) Whatever. It's out there and you just cannot claw it back. Mm. Now, the White House has tried. Mm. Um, He did a press conference the following day to say he really meant something else. Um, The White House press secretary has come out to say, no, he didn't say that. He said something. So it, you know, look, it's anyone's guess what's really going on here. Mm. Um, But clearly there's no. Um, no shortage of effort being put into trying to change perception as to what he actually said, including an invitation now, apparently, uh, to yes. Bla- Vladimir Putin to come to the White House.
0: Yeah, So what, what's the thinking here? <laughs> like the logical thing would be to maybe take a step back and say, listen, maybe I'll just go a bit quiet on the Russian thing because that probably, you know, with the midterms coming up, uh, midterm elections in November, which are crucial for him because, you know, if the Democrats get control of the House and the Senate, it's going to be very Prickly for him. Um, so, what's the thinking here? Do you think?
1: Well, I'm not much of a gambling man, but there is a there is an old uh, adage in in Vegas, right? Which is, you know, <laughs> when you're at the table, you got to double down, right? You just keep going, keep going, and you go hard, right? <laughs> and and that certainly seems to be Trump's style over the decades, mm. right? He doesn't he doesn't retire from a fight. He's been in Vegas many times before, but that's a great <laughs> analogy. I love that. And, and you know, and look, sometimes that's all you got. But it seems that he truly believes that he's right on these issues, mm. um, and he. he He certainly is not going to shrink away and I would say that his base of supporters, that's one of the qualities that they like about him Mm. is that he keeps pushing forward potentially even in the face of evidence that proves he might be wrong or doing something that's incorrect uh, Mm. for somebody who doesn't uh, support him.
0: I mean, you're from, you know, the heartland of the U.S. You grew up in um, the Chicago area, Illinois. Uh, Glen Illinois, (laughs) baby. There we go. Yeah, what a a great (laughs) shout out there for your hometown. So how will this affect the base? Uh, How will it affect people that you know, school friends, uh, some of them are Trump supporters, will they care about this summit with Putin?
1: Sure. I mean, I think as we saw with the North Korea summit, the people that support Trump will say, "Hey, this is great. He's reaching out. He's trying to build bridges and mend fences, and you know, start new alliances and all that." I think you know that would be the, the clear and obvious. Mm. Uh, Tone that people would take. Um, I think at the same time, though, as we saw what happened with NATO at the NATO summit uh, just before he had his Putin summit last week, there and and with the Canadian Prime Minister several weeks ago, you know, there are some very serious questions about how he's handling our traditional allies, not just from payments to NATO forces or whatever, but just in general tone and and traditional ideas of of who have been our friends around the world and who haven't been. Mm. So that's been huge. At this point, it seems that much of the base is willing to give him a pass on, on some of these issues and stick with them. Well, another development during the week that we saw was uh, a
0: Russian woman uh, who's a big gun enthusiast uh, <laughs> being arrested. Uh, can you tell us about that? And how does this tie into the big narrative of uh, Donald Trump, Russia, gun control? And that kind of thing.
1: It seems like every time I, I come on this show, whether it's with you or with J.D., you know, we can't say just when you thought it couldn't get any weirder, yeah. it's gotten weirder. So a 29-year-old um, uh, alleged KGB or FSA or uh, uh, operative right, mm. uh, for the Russian government, um, Maria Butina is her name, is um, now been jailed and pending charges of conspiracy, acting as an unregistered foreign agent um, in the U.S., um, and she was an NRA member and supporter, and uh, has uh, close personal uh, links to a number of high-ranking um, Republican Republicans in Washington D.C. Mm. And so the whole the whole idea here is that she was an agent, a secret agent, who mm. has now uh, you know been compromised, people or gotten information from people that would help the Russians.
0: And we see her asking a question to Donald Trump, then uh, candidate Donald Trump, at a media conference that adds to the intrigue. Mm.
1: It's 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 just bizarre. Now, um, overnight or yesterday, I believe Saturday, uh, Singapore time, the uh, Russian Foreign Minister Sergey Lavrov has officially petitioned the U.S. to release her, saying that these uh, charges are you know not valid and she should be released immediately. Interestingly, right before she was grabbed by the FBI and arrested, there were signs that she was packing. She had packed up all her stuff and was getting ready to leave the country. Is that right? I didn't so they, know that. Apparently, they got her. You know. Maybe just in the nick of time before she fled the U.S. In which mm. case it would be impossible to get her back. Of course, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so this is a very again another wrinkle. Will Trump step in and say release her? She's got nothing to do with it. If so, what does that say to his his um, his domestic um, you know security people like the FBI, the CIA, and those guys? Um, if, he, if he keeps her in the U.S. and she goes to trial, what does she know? What can she, you know, say? And, and it, it's a fascinating story. We don't have time to talk about all the ins and outs of it here. But, uh, you know, just get online, any of the listeners here, and, mm-hmm. and read this. It, it, there's a lot of wrinkles to this.
0: All right. Let's get closer to home now and look ahead <laughs> to uh, amid confusion over the Malaysian government's intentions for the Kuala Lumpur-Singapore high-speed rail, the HSR. Singapore's Ministry of Transport said it has asked Putrajaya to clarify its original position in writing by July the 31st ind- indicate if they still want to hold bilateral talks on the strain project. So we're looking ahead to that. That's coming up soon, uh, Glenn. Uh, what about uh, the
1: latest with this? It's fascinating, obviously. Uh, right after um, prime, now prime minister, then prime minister and now prime minister, <laughs> uh, Mahathir Mohammed uh, came into office in the recent recent election. He said, we're absolutely scrapping HSR. It's a waste of money. You know, we've got a trillion ringgit debt You know, deficit we've got to take care of, et cetera, et cetera. So it's out. Which of course – you know, this was a major project from both sides. Singapore has already invested a ton of money, hundreds of millions of dollars in it um, and uh, acquired land and everything else. So now he seems to be backing off and he seems to be saying um, just, just this past week that they would look at maybe delaying it or kind of pushing it off a little bit, not necessarily canceling mm-hmm. it right now. So – but it's – it still is unclear exactly what the Malaysian government's going to do. Um, of course, it was supposed to be completed by 2026. At this point, I'm sure that date is out the window um, based on, on what's been happening. But uh, it seems like a bit of a a U U-turn and I, uh, rightly so. The Singapore government just wants to know what the heck is going mm-hmm. on. Um, the, in one of the articles I had seen online, it was estimated that by the end of the year, Singapore will have invested already $300 million. Already? In Already, wow. just in you know, in the prep and, mm-hmm. and, and getting mm-hmm. property and getting things yeah. going, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's real money at stake here, and uh, you know, people need to know mm. what's going on. And now, you in, yeah. I was just going to say mm-hmm. one more thing: yeah. if uh, I don't know all the specific details of the of the contract, but it is an international agreement. If Malaysia were to pull out, there would be severe financial penalties based on what's in the in the contract right. for them. So I think this is what, one of the things that Mahathir Mohammed has acknowledged and is trying to find a way around, so that they don't get mm. dinged with massive penalties yep and you and I have worked extensively in
0: Malaysia know how useful that would be and we really hope that it eventually happens but it's uh, murky and we'll look ahead uh, this week Glenn, uh, with interest to see if there is any development on, on that absolutely